Section 31 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sonia as the narrator. Nemo as the emperor. Todd as the attendant. Eva Davis as the lady princess. Sarah Hale as the envoy and thomas peter as the president of the council the world's story volume one china japan and the islands of the pacific edited by eva march tappan section thirty one the sorrows of han by unknown the tartars realized how much more civilized the chinese were than they themselves and the savage chief who had just overcome a chinese force in battle was often willing to make peace if a chinese princess might be sent him for his wife it is upon this custom that the following play is founded with only two actors on the stage of the theatre there is not often an opportunity to bring out in conversation who a man is and what he is seeking and so the chief characters have to make little speeches and introduce themselves in the prologue to this play the khan of the tartars appears first declares his greatness and speaks of the custom of wedding a princess of china then comes the minister who is bidden to search out beautiful maidens that the emperor may choose among them in act two the minister declares that he has found the loveliest woman in the world he admits her to the palace but as her father is too poor to give him a bribe he disfigures her portrait that she may have no chance of being chosen by the emperor behold the emperor enters and finds her playing on a lute the editor since the beauties were selected to grace our palace we have not yet discovered a worthy object on whom to fix our preference vexed and disappointed we pass this day of leisure roaming in search of her who may be destined for our imperial choice here's the lute is not that some lady's lute it is i hasten to advise her of your majesty's approach no hold keeper of the yellow gate discover to what part of our palace that lady pertains and bid her approach our presence but beware lest you alarm her attendant approaches in the direction of the sound and speaks what lady plays there the emperor comes approach to meet him lady advances keeper of the yellow gate see that the light burns brightly within your gauze lamp and hold it nearer to us lady approaching had your handmaid but known it was your majesty she would have been less tardy forgive then this delay truly this is a very perfect beauty from what quarter come such superior charms my name is chow my father cultivates at chito the fields which he has derived from his family born in an humble station i am ignorant of the manners that befit a palace but with such uncommon attractions what chance has kept you from our sight when i was chosen by the minister my uncle show 
he demanded of my father an amount of treasure which our poverty could not supply he therefore disfigured my portrait by representing a scar under the eyes and caused me to be consigned to seclusion and neglect keeper of the yellow gate bring us that picture that we may view it seize the picture ah how has he dimmed the purity of the gem bright as the waves in autumn to the attendant transmit our pleasure to the officer of the guard to behead mayupin show and report to us his execution my parents sir are subject to the tax in their native district let me entreat your majesty to remit their contributions and extend favour towards them that shall readily be done approach and hear our imperial pleasure we create you a princess of our palace how unworthy is your handmaid of such gracious distinction goes to the form of returning thanks early to-morrow i attend your majesty's commands in this place the emperor is gone let the attendant close the doors i will retire to rest the false minister contrives to escape to the tartars he shows to the tartar khan a true portrait of the princess and persuades him to demand her hand in marriage the khan does this with the threat that if the maiden is refused he will ravage the country the emperor's counsellors insist that for the sake of the empire the princess shall be given up and at length the emperor yields in act three the princess grieves at leaving the palace and going to the winds and snows and the strange husband of a foreign land there is a farewell scene between her and the emperor alas when shall i again behold your majesty i will take off my robes of distinction and leave them behind me to-day in the palace of han to-morrow i shall be espoused to a stranger i cease to wear these splendid vestments they shall no longer adorn my beauty in the eyes of men again let us urge you princess to depart we have delayed but too long already tis done princess when you are gone let your thoughts forbear to dwell with sorrow and resentment upon us they part and am i the great monarch of the line of han let your majesty cease to dwell with such grief upon this subject she is gone in vain have we maintained those armed heroes on the frontier mentioned but swords and spears and they tremble at their hearts like a young deer the princess has this day performed what belonged to themselves and yet they affect the semblance of men your majesty is entreated to return to the palace dwell not so bitterly sir on her memory allow her to depart did i not think of her i had a heart of iron a heart of iron the tears of my grief stream in a thousand channels this evening shall her likeness be suspended in the palace where i will sacrifice to it and tapers with her silver lights shall illuminate her chamber 
let your majesty return to the palace the princess is already far distant the princess is now seen in the camp of the tartars on the bank of the amur river and in despair she throws herself into the stream the khan refuses to keep in his domain such a traitor as maui and shao and in act four the minister is given over to the emperor and his head is struck off as an offering to the shades of the princess end of section thirty one this recording is in the public domain